Welcome to the Moonlight of Emuna Parshas Mishpatim. This week's learning should be a schus for a full shlema for Chanamash Bas Vilcha Ratzavas Rachel Shmuel Shalazam Bechavachavam Nach Mordechai Ben Afira Michachayim Ben Sara and Lili Nishmas Henya Bas Yichil Mechol. So we begin with Parshas Mishpatim, and Parshas Mishpatim always gives us a pause, always sort of like lets us down. Chas v'shal, not to let us down. Every word of Torah is holy and inspiring, but we're coming off the Parshas of Bai when we're taken out of Mitzrayim, and then Bishalach where we have Kriyas Yamsuf, and then Parshas Yisra where we have the ultimate moment of, of Kabbalah Satira, and now the Torah seems to go into very technical details. We start off, Moshe says, uh, I'm sorry, Hashem says to Moshe, these are the halachas, and then it talks right away about Kisikna Evid Ivri, when you'll buy a, 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 a Jewish slave. And it seems, and then the and then the, the Torah goes into all sorts of technical halachas of, of of monetary halachas, and it seems to be sort of a letdown. Like we were on such a high, we were in such an inspirational level, and now we're dealing with like the nitty gritty of daily life. And 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 especially we open up with the idea of a, of an Evid Ivri who's somebody who stole and he was caught and he didn't have the money to pay back. It seems like such lowly, uh, insignificant, not insignificant, but 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 on a much lower level. We feel we feel like. We really like almost dropped off Harsinai. We were, we were dropped off Harsinai into Parshas Mishpatim. But maybe we could see this from a different perspective and see that really there are much deeper messages. We know, of course, there are much deeper messages in every word of Torah, but there are really messages in, and, and, and as we always talk about here, what Ebed Ivri, nobody we know owns a Jewish slave nowadays, so why is this, these halachas important to us? But we know that every word of Torah is relevant to every single person in every single day of their lives. So let's understand what how this, 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 um, the seeming drop-off, how this connects to, to the high levels that we that we experienced the last the last few weeks. So the Gemara the Gemara in Gittin, the Gemara in Gittin on Daf Peiches tells us, Rabbi Tarfin used to say, wherever you find gatherings of idolaters that they're serving as judges, meaning non-Jewish courts, he's referring to non-Jewish courts, even though their laws are identical to the laws of the Jewish people, to the Torah, you're not allowed to submit to them for judgment of a of a you have a you have a court case and you say oh you know what the rules in this country where I live are the same as the Torah's rules so why can't I just go to their courts she says how do you know that you can't do that Shemar and he quotes the first pasuk the, uh, the first pasuk in this parsha these are the judgments that you shall place before them Rashi says before them meaning this shivim zakenim that word Moshe Rabbeinu Taisvah says maybe means any bezdins but but they deem him, but the Gemara goes on, you should put it before Jewish courts and not in front of non-Jewish courts. And the question is, if you look at Parshish Mishpatim and you learn, learn the halachas of, of, of business, of any kind of financial, commercial uh, halachas, it seems like the point is to try to figure out, this person claims the talus is his, that person claims the talus is his, we're trying to find out who really owns the talus. So what's the difference which court, as long as I can get a fair adjudication of the matter, what's the difference what court it is? Yet the Gemara is telling us very clearly, even if the results are going to be exactly the same, even if this, these results are going to be exactly the same, you have to go to a Jewish bezdin. So why is that? So the Lubavitcher Rebbe explains that there's a fundamental difference between going to a Jewish court versus a non-Jewish court, regardless of the fact that the app, the ultimate uh, determination will be exactly the same. And he says that what it, what the difference is, is is that when a person goes to a non-Jewish court, what he's saying is he I, I, I'm going to a court because I want because I, I want to get to the ultimate justice in this particular situation. So we have an argument over who who's 
who deserves this hundred dollars, and I want to I want to know what human convention and logic dictates. When one goes to a bezdin, he's saying, I want to know what Hashem wants in this situation. So even if the results are the same, the the attitude is very different. I go to a non-Jewish court. What's who who? Who correctly owns this hundred dollars? If I go to to uh, a, a Jewish court, if I go to a bezdin, I want to know what does Hashem want with this hundred dollars. Therefore, by the mere act of walking into a bezdin, is that a person is saying, "I'm submitting myself to Hashem's laws. I'm sh- uh, sub- submitting myself to Hashem's will." The Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Kuf Hey explains to us how the Yitzhara works. Right, the, the, the Gemara tells us over there, it's in the context of a larger conversation, but this is the, the line from the Gemara that we need. This is, this is the way of the Yetzirah. This is how he does his job. The first day he says to you, do something small. And, and uh, the next day he says to you, do something bigger. Until he tells you to go serve Avodazar, and then the person does it. Right? Meaning, the Yetzirah can't come to a person who's, who's, who's davening and learning and doing everything he's supposed to do and say, go serve by Dazar. The person's going to throw him away. So he starts off with small things. Um, Rabbi Oven, the Gemara concludes, so Rabbi Oven says, Micro, what's the Pasuk? It says, You shouldn't bow down to a foreign god or to a, or, or you shouldn't you should have a foreign god, you shouldn't bow down. Who's the Elzar that's in the body of a person? This is the foreign god is the Yetzahara. Now, the Svarim explain that this tactic of the Yetzahara, when it says to go, he starts off by telling you to do something small, he doesn't even start off by telling you to do an Avera. He starts by telling you, he starts by telling you that what you should do is, you should do this mitzvah, but not, but not because Hashem told you to do it, but because it makes sense, right? So he'll tell you, he'll tell you don't steal because it's not good for society to steal. Not because Hashem told you not to steal. He'll tell you to honor your father and your mother. Not because not because it's a good it, 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 Hashem told it to you, but because uh, you, they they raised you, they took care of you. All of the ideas of the Aser Sadibras, the Yitzhara starts off, he doesn't try to tell you not to do them, because he knows, you're a firm Jew, you're not going to just violate halacha knowingly. He starts giving you rational reasons for the mitzvahs, and he tells you that's why you're doing it. Not because God told you, but because they make sense. By doing that and convincing you of that, he starts to change your attitude towards the way you serve Hashem. So instead of thinking about everything that we do as this is what Hashem wants me to do or this is what Hashem wants me to refrain from doing, he, he, it, 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 we start to look at the mitzvahs, this makes sense to me, this doesn't make sense to me, this benefits me, this doesn't be- benefit me. And once he does that often enough, now he has no problem getting us to do Averis, right? Because I'm no longer bound by what Hashem wants. Now I, it's bound by what makes sense to me. Now if this Avera doesn't make sense to me not to do, so then I can do it, right? So that's how the Yetzirah infiltrates us. Explains Lubavitcher Rebbe, that's why the Torah tells us, at the beginning, right after Matan Torah, the Torah tells us, don't go to foreign courts. Stick, the way the Gemara explains the first Pasuk, this is telling us, stay in Jewish courts. Because, you, not even for court cases, for yourself, your own court cases with your Yetzirah. Don't listen to the Yetzirah and tell you, ah, it's the same result. What's the difference if you have a rational reason for doing this mitzvah, or you're doing it because of Hashem's will? Either way, you're going to do this mitzvah. It's a nice mitzvah, it's a good thing to do it's good for society it makes sense it makes you a good person but when you start to buy into that secular court attitude it opens you up to now now i'm not doing mitzvahs just because hashem told me now i'm doing mitzvahs because they make sense to me if they don't make sense to me maybe i won't therefore the Torah warns us right after matan Torah. the Torah warns us you have to be very careful with this don't go into secular courts don't go into secular reasoning
We have to do every mitzvah and refrain from every aver because that's what Hashem wants from us. And if we do that, now that we understand that Torah, Elah HaMishpatim, is not just, okay, we had Matan Torah, that was a tremendous, amazing moment, and now we get into the nitty-gritty, all the details of Allah. It's more than that. The, the Torah is starting off with 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 introducing us to the, how you're going to keep this going. You had this tremendous moment of, of inspiration after leaving Mitzrayim, after Kriyas Yamsov, after receiving the Torah. How are you going to hold on to that in daily life? You know how you're going to hold on to it in daily life? Remember, Elah HaMishpatim, these are the rules, Ashetosim Lifneim, that we're going to put in front of you. Meaning, this is you're doing this because Hashem. Yes, it's going to be nitty-gritty about stealing. It's going to be nitty-gritty about, about fighting, about arguing over money. But you're always going to remember that the ultimate goal is not what what's just, according to human rationale, but what's just according to Hashem's will. And how in every moment of my daily life, when I get up in the morning, when I eat breakfast, when I, when I, when I go to work, how every moment of the day, I'm thinking about what is God's will. I'm going to judge every decision I make in my life by what is God's will. By doing that, then I turn everything into that inspiration that I received from Har Sinai. That's how I keep that inspiration going through my daily life. And this, says the Rebbe, is exactly why we continue, what's the first halacha that we discuss in Parshat Mishpatim is this Ebed Ivri. He stole money, he stole money, and now he has to be sold into slavery in order to repay what he stole, right? And why is this the first the first halacha in order to set the tone after Har Sinai? Because, as we just explained, the whole idea is, uh, uh, the, what we're supposed to do with Har Sinai, take it forward, is to accept to accept the uh, Hashem's authority over us, Hashem's will is going to be the motivational and instructive force in our lives. The problem is that every Jew standing at Har Sinai, how is it possible for him to have Bechiru Chavshas, to have free will at that moment? He's standing at Har Sinai, he's seeing this revelation, he just saw the Yamsov split, he saw Hashem do miracles to take him out of Mitzrayim. You don't have free will to decide, do I want to submit to Hashem's authority or not? Do I want to submit to, to Hashem's will or not? You just saw all these amazing miracles, you don't have free will, right? Like the famous example I always give, if every time somebody did an Avera, lightning would strike them, there would be no free will, you can't choose then to do an Avera, you're about to be struck by lightning. If you have such an open revelation like we had by Yitzhak Mitzrayim and Yamsov and, and, and Matan Torah, so what free will is there for a Jew to decide to keep Torah mitzvahs or not? So the truth is at Har Sinai we didn't have free will. But after Har Sinai, now that we go in, back into daily life, now a person has the, the, the choice to say, I accept Hashem's will or I, or, I, or I reject it, or I'm not going to keep Hashem's will, chas v'shalom. Now I'm not experiencing these open revelations. Now I have some free will. So the Gemara in Baba Kama and Daf Ayin Tesamid Beis tells us, Sholu Talmidov as Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. The Talmidim, the students of Yochanan ben Zakkai asked him, Ibn Mahachmir Torah began of Yosem Gazan. Why is the Torah stricter with a thief than with a robber? Right? A Ganif is somebody who hides, sec- uh, 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 steals secretly. He has to pay Kefel if he's caught. He has to pay double, or if he stole an animal and shechted it or sold it, he has to pay four or five times. But a Gazlan, somebody who steals in broad daylight, uh, right? A stick up man. So he only has to give back what he paid. So why is the Torah stricter on the hidden thief than on the open Ganif? So Amar Lahen, Rabbi Yechem Zakai said to them, This one, th- this person, the robber, the, the open thief, he equated the, the honor of the master with the honor of, 
I'm sorry, he equated the honor of the servant with the honor of the master, meaning he was he showed no fear of human beings and no sh- no fear of God. He didn't say, oh, I'm afraid of humans, but I'm not afraid of God. He's not afraid of anybody. But the one who robs in secret, he's showing, I'm not afraid, I'm afraid of humans, right? Because he's trying to hide. He breaks in the middle of the night. He's he's hiding from human beings, but he's not afraid of God. So at least the goslin has chutzpah. He's not afraid of anybody, but he's not showing that I care less about Hashem than I care about human beings. The secret thief, he cares more about human beings than he cares about Hashem. Therefore, he's punished more. Right? That's what that's what the Gemara over there says. Therefore, explains Lubavitcher Rebbe, this thief, the, the the secret robber, the one who breaks in the middle of the night, he epitomizes the risk that the Jewish people faced after Har Sinai. This idea of choice, where a person can choose to recognize Hashem's existence or ignore it. The Ganif epitomizes this idea of I could decide to ch- I could choose to ignore Hashem. I could uh, decide to not worry about Hashem. That's the Ganif. The Gazlan Stam, the the the, the 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 open robber. He's not worried about anything. He has different issues in his life, but at least he's not choosing. He does. He cho- he doesn't. He ignores everybody. But the Ganif shows the risk that a Jew has after the revelation subsides. After the revelation of Hasinai of 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 of, of Yamsuf subsides, this is the risk that we may st- still be worried about what other people think of us, but we're not worried about God. Therefore, the opening halachas that the parsha deals with is the halachas of the thief. The halacha of the thief to let us know to be careful. This is what you have to be worried about. This is the risk. This is the danger. After coming out of Har Sinai, when you didn't have free will to choose, but now you have free will. The Torah is reminding us you have free will. You you could easily end up like this like this thief. You may not actually steal something, but we're all at risk for the same mistake that the thief makes. To choose to forget that revelation of Hashem that we've had in our lives, and to act in a way where we're not concerned about Hashem. We only worry about other people. We only worry about what people are going to think, what people might say, what, what what the human consequences are, but we don't worry about what Hashem says. And that danger could lead us to becoming thieves. This thief started off at Har Sinai as well. He, he, he also, he just made this mistake and he chose to forget about Hashem, chose to reject Hashem. But we know, as we spoke about a few weeks ago, free will is, a, is two-edged. It has the danger that we could forget about Hashem. But it also has the, up, the upside of saying that I fully accept Hashem's, Hashem's malchus over me. And I live my life, everything I'll do, as we spoke about a little bit earlier today, everything I do is going to be with what is Hashem's will. I won't go to the non-Jewish court to find out what's the rational explanation for this. I want to know only what does Hashem want from me in every moment. And if I live my life that way, if I live my life that way, then I I bring Kriyas Yamsuf and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and Matan Torah into my daily lives. I reveal that in my daily lives. And every action that I do, even if rational, uh, uh, there's a rational basis for doing it, but I do it because that's what God wants from me at that moment. I can turn even the most mundane, secular, every moment of my life into Kedusha, into a Matan Torah. And then the Parsha continues with all these halachas. Because the message there is, even these small halachas that seem to be so insignificant, these things, uh, some of the people in the parsha seem to be really bad people. But every one of those things can be turned into complete service of Hashem, as if I'm standing by Harsinai. And that's why Mishpatim is the natural progression after the three previous parshas. This is the way that a Jew keeps those three previous parshas through his daily life. So we should all be zeichet to that, that every single moment of our life should be filled with Ratzon Hashem, and, and, and to live a life that's filled, filled with Hashem's will. I wish you all a wonderful Shabbos.